Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I am Armando Luna. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from our homes in Portland, Oregon, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. And I'm Guthrie Straw. This is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. And I'm Joan Pettit. We cover bicycling, trains, transit, infrastructure, adventures, and today, helmets, high visibility clothing, bike lights, safety, safety culture, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Hello. <laughs> it's going all right. <laughs> I like Guthrie is entertaining culture. us. Yeah, like Guthrie, is ent- Guthrie is entertaining us with visuals. So uh, I'm not sure that's <laughs> quite fair to our listeners. He's got a, a balloon all blown up, or a glove blown up like a balloon. So I guess it's I guess you. Episode. Oh, so you've got your safety yeah. glove. You got your safety glove. Wait, I just try to be very up? on brand. Okay. It's much safer to podcast while wearing gloves. I think that's well established. I think that's the only fact we know for certain. <laughs> yes. I think of all of the uh, responses we've got, um, what I can gather from that is uh, wear your safety gloves while podcasting. Mm-hmm. And that's it for tonight. <laughs> 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 Thanks to our sponsors and supporters. <laughs> uh, listen, before we uh, even have, well, before we even do any chit chat or anything, we have a follow up piece of mail. We got some business. From, yeah, we got business. We got business. Business. Uh, so, uh, folks were really excited about the tools episode. A lot of good content. We got a lot of good um, suggestions and feedback. Uh, Jay Lecco sent an email and said, wanted to follow up on the tools episode. And we haven't done that yet because we haven't had Guthrie back yet. So, um, I'm back. So there's Guthrie. Yeah. I love follow-ups. Uh, so one, follow-ups this is a follow-up. So number one, Jay Lecco said, suggestions, skip the third hand tool and go straight to the fourth hand tool. Much easier to use and it's universal brake and gear cables. The third hand tool I'm familiar with is a U-shaped piece of springy metal with a handle. It simply pinched the brake pads to the rim while you used one hand to tighten the bolt while the other pulled the cable with pliers. Don't know if that's what it's still called. And then there was a number two. Do you want to jump in first, Guthrie, and respond to that? And I'd be happy to respond to both of them. Uh, And the first response would be, Sorry, Jay. I was totally talking about the fourth-hand tool. I just call it a third-hand tool to confuse people. Um, but yes, the fourth-hand tool is actually the name of that tool. Thank you. Congratulations, Jay. You broke. You broke Guthrie's code. <laughs> yeah, that was like the Easter first... egg. He won the spot. He won. The... <laughs> Noted. Uh, yeah, no, I think like when I first started working at bike shops, I heard somebody call a fourth hand tool a third hand tool, and it just stuck. And uh, it's one of those idiosyncrasies where, yeah, I actually, when if I, whenever I say any hand tool, um, it's of the fourth dimension. So yes, thank you for that clarification. For any listeners that went out and purchased a third hand tool, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, send us your address if you're comfortable and i will write you a handwritten apology note and a drawing that i will send however, to you because that's how i do it however if 
you're a listener and you purchased a tool that was previously used that is still a secondhand tool. Oh. oh. <laughs> Damn. I don't even have kids and there's a dad joke. <laughs> so uh, to our master link pliers necessary, why can't you just bring the ends of the chain together with your hands to free up the link? So this is in regards to like if you are uh, like if you need to take a link out of a chain, correct? Like you're taking a link out or you're I guess theoretically you could add a link in. Um, I don't use link pliers, but uh, it sometimes it's kind of tricky because it depends on how well the pin is driven. Like if you get a feel for it, you can drive the pin so that it does catch in the right spot. Uh, and the trick is to throw the chain off of the front chain ring so that you give yourself a lot of slack to work with. Like your derailleur is not pulling against the front chain ring, is not pulling against the chain. That gives you tension, even if you don't have a good like drive on the link or on the pin itself. Um, and then the second trick I've seen is you can do, um, if you get like a paper clip or a piece of metal, you can kind of bend it at both ends to create kind of uh, hooks on both ends, and then you can use the hooks to hold the chain tension. Um, and while that if tension you... is held, you can drop it down, and then you have like zero tension to be able to drive that link in, and you don't necessarily need the like link pliers. Are the pliers handy? Yes, absolutely. Um, but those are two other ways that I've found to be able to accomplish that task. I honestly didn't know uh, link pliers existed for a long time and I would always just do the master link by hand um, and it's kind of a pain sometimes especially now that I've realized the existence of, of link pliers um, mm -hmm. yeah I, lo I like them also I was going to say if you're cool with like a local bike shop or local bike co-op especially um, and they've got like some used garbage wheels or some used garbage spokes you can also bend a spoke a spare spoke like cut it off obviously um and use that to hold the chain together while you're uh working on it after you've undone it undone the master link thanks for writing jay and if we yeah. did a terrible job of explaining it let us know and we'll answer it on the next show <laughs> It'll it'll just be. Let's just keep referring back to that one episode forever. Oh yeah, <laughs> I it'll be an I ongoing think, like, conversation. The, the tool episode and then this episode are probably going to be ones that we'll go back and refer to a lot. So I, I imagine this. Well, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of uh, responses on this episode. Or, sorry, when we put a call out for questions for this episode, we got a lot of responses. We didn't get a lot of responses on this episode because we haven't published it yet. But we let's manifest that. Let's manifest okay. it. We got a lot of responses <laughs> in the future. Yeah, we're let's use you, some you want to positive. We can just say things like helmets are stupid. No, no, that's not. <laughs> no, so instead of instead of a like high visualization clothing will use high visualization future so we will just like visualize yeah. the yeah. future that we want and now let's write a book about this and get on oprah see you know where i'm going with this yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
But she's not uh, on anymore. Everybody, get some foam core and make a little wall. And then paste all the things that you want in your future on that foam core wall. Look, uh, actually, and we're being a bit snarky, but positive thinking and visualizing it's, can be very good to it's do. True. It is true, actually. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a dream wall, but I do often do visualization <laughs> exercises. I, it can I will, be. I will confess to that. In athletic pursuits, you know, visualizing yourself achieving the thing can be very powerful. This was something I, I was... learned in high school track, actually. Mm. Listening to Janis Joplin's "Pearl" before participation in outdoor events is also helpful. Might just be a applicable to Guthrie, but I'll put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we haven't tr all tried it, how do we, how do we know? How do you know? How do we know? It's true. It's true. I, you know, I haven't tried it. So a friend of mine, I can't uh, back in my kayaking days, a friend of mine told me that they would, um, when they were paddling, kayaking through like a really scary or challenging rapid, they would, uh, shout the lyrics to violent femmes songs. <laughs> So, <laughs> like, that was just, like, you know, blister in the sun or something yeah, like yeah. that. And that was how they were, like, sort of trying to channel their energy. And, you know, you can't even really hear it over the water. Uh, so they'd just be like, yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of a dated reference at this point. Oh, I think Guthrie is, is that trying. A, is that a laminated ticket stub for Janis Joplin? Oh, I wish. Or the this Violent is, uh, Femmes? Or the Violent Femmes? It's a triple header of Cake, the Violent Femmes, and the Decemberists for $11.11 at the Salem Amphitheater in 2006, which is when I laminated this and put it in my wallet. <laughs> Wait, you carried it after the fact? That's really sweet. It's on my person. Because then if I run into them in town, I can be like, look, I have a concert ticket from 2006 when I went like, to your show. Still? Do you still carry that? I, I just took it out of my wallet. I mean, <laughs> that yes, is, I guess is the answer to that question. Extraordinary. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate your sentimentality. I, would, I feel like I that should be. That, I would take that uh, ticket stub and put that on my dream wall if I had one. <laughs> and that's why Guthrie has uh, achieved that concert because he yeah he visualized it, it. he he spoke and it. I listened to Janis Joplin's Pearl before going. I I did go see the Violent Fence when I was still in high school, so there's there's that. But I don't have the ticket, so so did I really go? Who can say? Who can say? Maybe I you just found the proof. ticket on the sidewalk. Nobody knows. I, <laughs> I think maybe instead of talking about helmets and high-vis clothing, we should just talk about that concert. <laughs> the entire episode. <laughs> I mean, I did wear my helmet to the concert, so. During it? During it? Oh, I just wear my helmet lots of places. But, you know, now you know where I stand with helmets. <laughs> It's sh a shocking twist. Your, like, do you go to, into the grocery store with your helmet on? So I <laughs> did not pick up beer from the beer mongers today, but I did ride my unicycle over to the local grocer, and I did wear my helmet through the store while acquiring beverages for this episode. So I'd, I'd say yes. Did you ride your unicycle through the store? No. Um, 
I would, but I want to be able to... Well, actually, no, shoot. I don't kind of want to go back to the spot, so maybe I should, and then I'll just have a really good excuse <laughs> not to. I'll try that next time that. and let you know how it goes. I also wore my high-vis vest, in, and it was great. <laughs> Everybody saw me turning the corners at the aisle. I don't know. Hey, Guthy, I have a, I have a Darth Vader helmet mask. And maybe, Ooh. like, be oh. somebody else while you're doing that. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> really like, I, I think locals. that, like, I want to, yeah, I want to get a, like, that's my thing about unicycling is I just want to be, like, can unicycling just be normal again? Like, can there be more than one person <laughs> who unicycles in Portland? No, not anymore. <laughs> no, but, like, I want to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> it was here when I moved here. Where did it go? <laughs> oh, it's got to have juggling a stick. Shut down. Yeah, unicycling's fun. I think more people should do it if they want to. And if they don't, that's okay, because you do you. It's not that I don't want to. I just don't have the ability. Oh, well, that we can solve for that. <laughs> Here, I think that over. I've got a I unicycle. You can either uh, unicycle, so you can so you can either have the number of wheels or double them. So you can either unicycle or roller skate. <laughs> choose one unicycle roller skate or roller skate it's a choice oh but you could do it with skates on and then you could be like oh, definitely I recommend well now i'm skate cycling i definitely recommend a helmet padded high visibility gear you know my my um favorite thing is to just unicycle down burnside street in my high vis vest because when you're on a unicycle, people think that you don't know what you're doing. And sometimes I don't. But when you uh, <laughs> like wave your arms around, they're like, oh, shit, we should take that guy seriously. And they give you space. Uh, nice. I, you're, Guthrie is rather punchy tonight. <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> what things are he's actually serious about. But I, I will say. Oh, I'm, taking him, I'm taking him at his word on everything he oh. says so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, unicycling down Burnside, which is one of the busier roads in Portland, seems unlikely. Uh, but I yeah, will I'm say, <laughs> but I will say, and I was trying to, I was digging around in, in some research today about bicycling and clothing and safety. And maybe I'll see if I can find it while we're on the phone here. But I did find i did read i recall an article from a couple years ago that basically said if you were wearing like regular everyday clothes on your bike that sometimes uh folks in cars would give you a little more space because they aren't like whereas versus people wearing like lycra uh and it may be because if somebody's wearing you know lycra and they have that look of being like a serious road cyclist maybe they think you're more able to Maybe they think that somebody wearing regular clothes is less predictable for some reason. So, uh, but I don't have, I'm, I'll, I'll see if I can find that article while we're all chatting about this. Cause I don't want to, I, I, it's like, yeah. I always have memories of like 10% of something I read, but I don't actually remember it unless <laughs> I go and dig it up again. It's a, it, if I remember, it's a pretty old article. Like I think we even featured it, um, ooh, one in, in one of the like first two years of the show um and uh did they call it the mary poppins effect or am i just coining a phrase out of nowhere but essentially like if, familiar yeah 
<clears throat> if you're wearing regular clothes, uh, like you said, yeah, people tend to give you more space. I've heard they the don't same hate about, you as much. Right. I've heard the same <laughs> about helmets. Uh, and I'm I'm not willing to test that out on uh, busy streets anymore. Uh, and I think one thing that I uh, realized today is that. I mean, I guess I knew this before, but what is truth, what is true and fact is not, uh, not everything we do as folks on bikes is based in evidence, right? I mean, we know that people have different risk assessments all the time, right? Like uh, driving in cars is the most dangerous thing that we do. I say that, like, that's a fact. I think it is a fact, but, you know, we don't wear our helmets in the car, uh, we don't wear our helmets. Yeah, maybe we should. But, uh, but there are lots of people who have strong takes on these issues as if things are facts. So for example, the fact that we call high visibility clothing, high visibility means that just built into the description of it is this idea that people will see you more. But is that actually, right. is that, does that always bear out and implicit uh, is that all other clothing clothing is lovers then right and certainly we know that if you are you know wearing all black and no reflective clothing at night you will get tackled by the police yeah yeah, especially here in portland uh but if you're if you're wearing it can be harder for people to see you but if you're on a you know a bicycle moving and you have things that are reflective versus high visibility, right? Because that was another thing that came up stuff. That's like that really high, that really strongly reflective stuff versus a yellow jacket, you know, what actually shows up better. And I don't know if, if folks have research that they want to send along, they can, (laughs) they can send it to the email, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that people sort of state as facts, but it's not, always backed up by evidence or if it is um you know there are a lot of things that we believe that are not necessarily actually true i hope i haven't just insulted everyone if anybody's listening i meant the other the thing the other person said (laughs) (laughs) not what you said though (laughs) yeah listeners you're you're fine it's it's the other guy we don't know anything else either we don't know shit (laughs) (laughs) not that anybody would take you know, as purveyors of expertise, <laughs> maybe on tools, what? maybe I mean, take us at purveyors of expertise. Well, okay, so I've got some uh, interesting things to share. Uh, I asked right. on our Instagram stories. I asked a couple questions. I asked, "Do you own a bike helmet?" Ninety-four percent of people said yes, and only six percent said no. So, just about everybody who is interacting with us on Instagram stories, owns a helmet. And then this one was interesting in contrast. Wait, Do you own was, high... Sorry, this was... Or uses a helmet. No, no, no. That was owns a helmet. Owns a helmet. Owns a helmet. Don't worry, we're getting there. I'm very yeah, yeah. interested in the in the percent that doesn't own a helmet. Because... Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get we'll get to this. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some I'm of very, that. Yeah. Very intrigued. Well, it could have been their, somebody... I, brain, so. I mean, maybe that was somebody who doesn't have a head. Or 
No. <laughs> Maybe it was somebody who uh, doesn't <laughs> bike who follows us. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Sure. Maybe it was my mom. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, most folks own a bike helmet. Uh, do you own high-vis bike-specific clothes? 50% said yes and 50% said no. So that was very interesting as a contrast. Now, the question was high-vis specific or high-vis bike-specific clothes. So not necessarily mm -hmm. high-vis clothes, not necessarily bike-specific clothes, but specifically high-vis bike-specific clothes. Sorry. Uh, yes. I, okay. <laughs> Am I am I being too nitpicky? I just I want to no, get at the fine. heart of the question, like what is exactly being asked? Yeah, that's true. I didn't say gear. I did say clothes. Then I said, okay, this one actually surprised me a little bit. If you own a helmet, do you wear it always or mostly or rarely or never? So basically, do you wear it all the time or most of the time? Or do you rarely wear it or never wear it? Um, I'd say amongst us. I kind of... I'm, I'm, a I'm a mostly, I think definitely not an always I'm a mostly Armando you're a rarely in terms of helmet wearing. I would say rarely depending on the bike riding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this is a lot of people did make, did make that Aaron, um, you're a, if you had asked me this, like, maybe three years ago, I would probably be more on the rarely camp, but I think I'm more on the mostly camp these days. Guthrie, <laughs> you want to shock um, us with was, your answer? Uh, yeah, I'm also in Aaron's camp, but, you know, I th and I think I've said on the show before, it's usually because I fuck up all the time, so helmets help me uh, pay smaller penalties when I crash, <laughs> which is often <laughs> enough these days. I've had well, so, I've had enough experiences that uh, I would say at least support my notion to wear a helmet most of the time. Well, so of the folks who answered our question, uh, ninety percent said always or mostly, and ten percent said rarely or never. Um, I like that. Uh, this is Instagram or Twitter. That was that was Instagram. I like that Instagram like parses it out for you like with the data as opposed to having to you know well we got like x amount of answers and x amount of responses well and then we had some open-ended questions i i don't think that uh we we can wait to get into them because actually the one thing i i did want to say about this that definitely came there's a couple things that came up in these conversations and and first of all the you know, we have a very different culture around helmets in the US and I'm guessing Canada than, for example, in, in Europe and other parts of the world. And our infrastructure is so different. And I do think that it's pretty fair to say. So one of the reasons this conversation came up is somebody posted some photo last week on Twitter of folks, um, I don't know, in Amsterdam or something cycling. and some American responded, I just wish they'd wear helmets, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, if you have infrastructure that is separated, if you are folks who are biking on slow streets without interactions with a lot of cars, it's a very different scenario than what we're dealing with in the U.S. So, 
you know, infrastructure is really the most important safety feature that many of us don't have, or even if we have it on parts. Now that's not to say that you can't fall over and hit your head other times, right? It's not only that that happens with cars, but for in-town riding, especially if you're like on a Dutch style bike, that's like where you can actually just put your foot down on the ground flat, you know, that's a, that's a very different way of, of riding your bike. So infrastructure, I think is the, the most important safety item that we cannot purchase individually. Uh, yeah, so I, I did want to, I wonder how much speed also plays into it. Even, even if you took, uh, took cars out of the equation, and I, I never biked in, in Europe, so maybe I'm not the best person to make this kind of conjecture, but it does seem like the bike really heavy quotes here. The biking culture over in in Europe in uh Amsterdam where like and in Copenhagen where like cycling is is more normal for just that's how you get around. <clears throat> Versus over here where I think the bike is still mostly seen as like a toy or for sport, if that makes sense. And even people like me who just want to get to work and back, they tend, tend to like maybe fall prey to the like wanting to like go as fast as we can because it's thrilling and also it gets us there faster, even if I'm just going to the grocery store. Well, I do think, though, that we also have a model for folks who bike wearing helmets in Europe, and that is like the Tour de France. You know, we would be shocked if we saw that kind of uh, sure. event and folks, even though they didn't used to wear, you know, if you look at the pictures from whatever, 60, 70 years ago, I don't even remember when wearing helmets came standard. So so there are different kinds of, of bike riding. And, and we did hear that from some people. We definitely heard from a few folks um, Aaron Brown commented that uh, basically if he goes more than a few miles outside of his neighborhood, he's probably more likely to wear a helmet. Um, Jonathan Mace from Bike Portland said the same thing, that basically in town or in his neighborhood, he probably doesn't wear a helmet. But if he's on an e-bike, if he's doing sort of a road ride or mountain biking, he's much more likely to wear a helmet. So there are different kinds of ways to ride your bike, even if you're on the same streets you know you might be going really faster really fast on an e-bike or a road bike something like that if it's a really nice day like we like we've had a string of really nice days last week and i'm coming home from work and i hit the neighborhood streets i might take my helmet off oh i mean no i don't take my helmet off honey i wear it all the time I got a well, from that also speaks to the fact that there are people in our lives who love us who would very much like our heads to remain intact. <laughs> and sometimes there are reasons that we wear helmets that are pro-social. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good question. Do you, do you wear your helmet for you or for someone else? Oh, yeah. Well, how about you, Armando? Why don't you answer that? I... I... I wear my helmet for me if I'm in a, a activity like mountain biking. Um, I probably wear it for me all the time when I wear it. My face is fit that way. I don't. I don't want to get 
most of my writing. So my writing, as I've gotten older, has gotten a lot slower. Um, I take a lot less risks. I ride on streets when I'm commuting. I ride generally on streets that have very low car traffic. So overall, I feel safe enough riding without a helmet. There are a few places where I'm riding with traffic that even though the traffic is uh, car traffic, I should say, is at a much higher speed than I am riding, I, I feel safe enough. Let's put it that way. But, so I had mentioned this before, um, there is a thing that's, that you're doing, Joan, and I'm doing, called the Hill Kill Challenge, where um, a hill was picked for us, and we have to ride up and down this hill five times, once, at least once a week, for five weeks. And the hill that was picked for me is super steep. I mean, I can't remember what percent the grade was. Um, but as I was going there, I thought, well, as I was headed out the door, I'm like, wow, this probably would be a good time to wear my helmet. And so I did wear a helmet. And then the benefit of wearing my helmet that I hadn't realized because I hadn't worn it in such a long time was, oh, it's also holding my hair back and my mask on. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so I've, I've been wearing my helmet since about, since April 1st when I ride my bike. We had quite a few folks who said, that the reason that they wear a helmet is, I mean, plenty of folks said that they wear a helmet because they believe it's safer. Uh, but there were plenty of folks who said, I wear a helmet because if something happens, I don't want them to say they weren't wearing a helmet. Uh. And it was really, I have thought that too. And it was actually really sad that that's how we think about that here in the U.S., that we wear a helmet so that we won't be blamed if we're, like, we, if we get hit by a car, we think that we will be hurt, but we think that we will be blamed less if yes. we're wearing a helmet. So there's a statement on yeah. um, infrastructure. I think, I think a lot of news outlets still mention that whenever they, they happen to cover bike accidents or, or bike car accidents specifically and they'll often say and the writer was or was not wearing a helmet and it always gets under my skin every time i see that because like what does it matter if you're hit by a car whether or not you're wearing a helmet like it's it's on the driver in my opinion anyways i think it's even like and maybe this is a tad pessimistic but i think it's a step worse than that uh i think somebody jokingly said like if you want to commit murder in the u.s just drive over somebody and say you didn't see them. Uh, so it's yeah. like even past the clothes, past the, past the helmet, just more of the culture. Right, right. Um, I mean, I, we're, I guess, we're, are you still going over the, the numbers from Instagram, Joan? No, no, keep going. I mean, we've got a lot more comments, but yeah. Because I do have some, some thoughts about the, like, I, I just didn't see you. And this maybe ties more into the the uh, high vis conversation, because in my opinion, and you know, you all know me, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty. I don't want to say low vis because I I don't believe that's necessarily true, but I wear black all the time. It's it's just what I do. It's what I feel comfortable in, uh, and I hear that 
it doesn't i hear it more during the day actually than i hear at, at night surprisingly um and i i honestly i don't think it it necessarily matters whether you're wearing like high vis clothing or not if a driver is not paying attention a driver is not paying attention um and there's maybe certain things you can do to maybe alert them more maybe high vis clothing in 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 your area uh, or where you bike maybe is is one of those one of those things but man so many times i've had close calls where like the driver's like oh i just didn't see you or you know oh the like like i d- oh you j- came out of nowhere and it's becoming way way less of a viable excuse for me especially when like i can see them way before they see me and i just think that they're going to do the right thing and stop so okay this is a really interesting point that you raised because a lot of people did talk about helmets well some people talked about helmets increasing your visibility so they would have because it's high up maybe it helps increase your visibility uh, so they wear bright helmets and then other folks talked about wearing high vis clothing so that people could see them more uh, Beth Hammond made a very interesting point on our Instagram post. Uh, Beth said, I gave up years ago when I got hit by a car whose driver exclaimed to the police that she couldn't see me in my day glow vest with bright lights and reflective tape on my bike. If I have to dress like a Christmas tree on LSD in order to be seen, we've lost the war. And I may as well just dress like me only with a helmet and bright lights. And I think that that really rang true for me that um, there was another article that I found that was fascinating. Uh, this is this is like a super wonky academic article. Uh, it was it's in a journal called Applied Mobilities. The uh, researcher is Greg Culver. And the title is Bike Helmets, A Dangerous Fixation on the Bike Helmet's Place in the Cycling Safety Discourse in the United States. And um, the argument here, uh, okay, so the what this researcher was looking at by looking at how cities talk about helmets on their websites, uh, safety, or on their urban planning websites was basically that there's a fixation with helmet in the official bike safety discourse in the U.S. And um, this researcher, I'm going to just read this. Hmm. In light of the hegemony of essentialized automobility as the context within which the urban bicycle safety discourse is embedded, I argue that the helmet fixation is ultimately tied to the reproduction of unfettered automobility. By constantly reinforcing the need for cyclists to feel responsible for their own safety, akin to the manner in which jaywalking was invented in the early 20th century, this helmet fixation serves to redistribute blame back onto the victim of vehicular violence. The helmet fixation signals a societal lack of will to make the necessary changes that would allow for greater cyclist safety. Doing this would come with the cost of major socio-political and cultural change. Automobility will inevitably be hampered to some degree. I think we we hear like uh, different outlets like in Bike Portland talk about, you know, the whole question of writing about things as a crash versus an accident. You know, when you call it an accident, 
Uh, it sounds nobody's like nobody's at fault. Yeah, nobody's at fault. Whereas we know that there have been choices made around infrastructure, people using their phones when they drive, things like that. Um, and yeah, so the, a lot of this just gets back to the question of car culture. And if we really talk about helmets and we make it about these choices that people make, then what well, we don't have to change the system to make it safer for us. Which isn't to say that wearing a helmet is bad, but it's, but we all know people who have gotten, I mean, I have a friend who died a year ago uh, and was injured terribly a year before it was, it, he was on his bike, on a road bike, wearing a helmet and had a bad crash. I don't think a car was involved um, and just uh, had a major brain injury, right? So it doesn't save you. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't save you, right? right. Um, maybe he would have died it was if he weren't wearing his helmet. I don't know. But um, he, you know, it's not like it, it saves you. But by focusing on helmets, it makes it about, you know, we're the crazy people on our bikes rather than this is a, a crazy way to develop our infrastructure. Right. It, it centers the automobile as um, versus versus uh, the infrastructure or even like what could have happened to avoid an accident. You know, as, as if you talk about the helmet as like this ultimate piece of, of safety equipment, like, and you know, that's, that's pretty much any like quote unquote concerned citizen that talks to me about biking, almost always the first thing they talk about is is the helmet. Like, so you're wearing your helmet, right? And uh, it's it's like this ultimate piece of of uh, of safety, or even like uh, a way to alleviate drivers' anxiety. I think around around people who bike in a way to like uh um yeah alleviate maybe like like some internal guilt around uh, around the way people drive and around the way like like you know cuz driving it's it should be more acknowledged that driving is dangerous and and Instead, the conversation always always centers around like biking is dangerous because there's crazy drivers out there, and I'm putting that in quotes too. There's crazy drivers out there, like you know, oh things accidents always happen. You know, so biking is dangerous. Well, no, driving's dangerous. It's just, it's just that I'm biking without a metal shell around me to to protect me, you know. But it's it's actually the, again I go back to speed a lot. It's the speed of of the impact that really does the harm and you know i'm biking at tops 20 miles per hour and that's tops tops versus a car hitting me you know at 35 is about average of what i see around town one thing that all of our uh all all respondents reported having experienced was getting shamed or scolded at, for yeah. not wearing a helmet uh, so, um, people said, 
you know, and I've had that experience where there have been a time when somebody just from a car yelled at me where I, I just gotten a haircut and I want to put my helmet on and I only had a mile to go home. And, uh, and so I wasn't wearing my helmet and somebody yelled at me, wear your helmet. Uh, and then we Did just yell back. I don't want to mess up my hair. Um, I mean, I might have. <laughs> uh, and then we just, we just actually, this is interesting. We just got a, a comment from Joe Katufro. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe, if I have uh, mispronounced your name, but via Twitter. And Joe says, professional bike advocate here. I appeared on a bike without a helmet a couple of times and got some nasty emails from people I've never met. Interesting. We had another comment from a listener about, you know, different hair types and helmets as well. Um, do you have that one up, Joan? I do. Um, this is quite interesting. So Twitter user, well, this is actually, I saw this tweet last week, and this is part of what uh, got me thinking about this. So the Twitter user is Kathasach for bikes, uh, C-A-T-H-A-S-A-C-H number four bikes. Regular reminder that no one makes helmets for black girls' everyday hair. This means that black girls are disproportionately excluded from bike safety classes that require helmets. This should be the real helmet discussion. And that is true. I heard, and, and in the responses to that, there were some folks uh, with dreadlocks saying that they could not find a helmet that was large enough to fit over their hair. Um, so this is part of the, part of the, discourse that we don't talk a lot about is that how how if if helmets are so important how are we making sure that they're available yeah that that they're made for all different kinds of ways of wearing your hair i'm not a helmet manufacturer given um but sounds like if you are know somebody who is maybe there are some user design or user experience designers out there who um, would feel like getting on that because, yeah. yeah, that does seem like a disparity. Here, I'll, I'll appeal to the uh, to the selfish side. All you capitalist tech bros, there's an untapped market right there. Go for it. Kickstarter that like never funds. <laughs> and I'm down. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, what, what does something that like that mean in a place where there's a helmet law? So what are yeah, you going to do yeah. if you don't have well, a helmet that fits over your hair or your head? Let's say that uh, somebody else commented that if you are sick and you wear a turban and there isn't, there aren't helmets that will fit sure. that either. Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, sort of safety laws that that in practice become exclusionary you know helmet laws um some areas have uh bike registration laws now and you know the it, it kind of went viral so i'm i'm going to assume that most of our listeners have already seen this like like there was a video of of a kid getting arrested because and his bike confiscated because he didn't register his own bike uh again the the law the law becomes is it is exclusionary the right word tory and discriminatory definitely discriminatory yes. and enforcement yeah thank you joan uh, yeah so the law becomes discriminatory because someone maybe maybe you know they don't they can't get a helmet that fits around their hair or can't afford a helmet 
you know, maybe someone bought their bike uh, secondhand, either just didn't register it in time or whatever it takes to register it, d either wasn't aware or can't afford it. It's like I pushed, you know, in the name of like, you know, safety or like, you know, in the, in the name of like bike registration, it's, it's so that, oh, this will prevent theft. But really, in in effect, what it, what it becomes is is another way to criminalize uh, people on the on the uh, that aren't in the in crowd, for lack of a better term. Right, because it's not that only uh, black children are riding their bikes in groups in that town. It's that right. they're the ones who are getting hassled uh, because you know a cop has noticed them in a way that they might not notice the group of, of white kids in the same behavior. Um, the, the, some, the Guardian on April 20th had an article, how U.S. helmet laws are used against cyclists of color and homeless people. It's not just reporting on Seattle, but uh, it says that in Seattle, 43% of citations since 2017 have gone towards homeless people while black cyclists receive citations at nearly four times the rate of white cyclists. Wow. So these, so sometimes these laws get used as a pretext to uh, hassle people who are already sort of more vulnerable road users, maybe their children or their homeless folks, um, people who are unrepresented or historically oppressed minorities. And so then they're getting these laws used against them when maybe if I were riding my bike in Seattle without a helmet, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, then, then maybe the cop isn't going to stop, stop me. I mean, pull me over. I, I will be honest. We rode our, well, we rented these Bromptons. We didn't own Bromptons at the time, but we rode our Bromptons without helmets in Seattle. No one, no one, uh, you know, looked twice, but I imagine if I was riding, you know, some kind of beat up single speed by myself in Seattle, it'd be a different story. And then, so in Washington, helmet law throughout the state is, is that correct yeah. for bicycles? Again, it's it's eight sixteen. It uh, stops. Is that correct? And it can. Yes, I think so. And it can both be true that helmets are generally a good thing to wear, especially for kids and teenagers and helmet laws are not a good thing to have on the book. So one person uh, responded to us today and commented that there's a big push in Seattle now to repeal this law, not necessarily even as a statement on helmets, but on, as a statement on how this law is being used and enforced, right? So yeah, laws are not applied consistently. <laughs> So that's one of the big parts of the problem. Sure. I mean, even take take the helmet out of the equation or even the bicycle out of the equation. Um, the fact that uh, TriMet, our transit agency, um, could not uh, do their fare enforcements or their fare inspection enforcements, uh, and now they do them. It doesn't look any different to me, but now they're doing them again. Uh, but it was deemed unconstitutional in application. It was proven to to affect people of color and, and homeless people disproportionately more than anybody else. 
And so uh, the city, and maybe even at the state level, anyways, it they had to put a stop to it for a long time. So, you know, just overall helmets and our mission of this episode, what are, what are our prevailing thoughts? Never wear a helmet takeaways? again. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wear helmets. Also, take all of our advice with a grain of salt. <laughs> Or take our advice with a helmet. <laughs> or, or your call. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like, this is, uh, it's so funny because, like, we had talked a little bit before the show, you know, we, we've touched on this time every now and then within, you know, the scope of the podcast. And um, I don't think we've cracked that nut yet. We keep on uh, finding new ways to go about attempting it. But... Yeah, if you came to this episode looking for resolution, um, too bad. Yeah, <laughs> tune in next week <laughs> when we don't well, wait another four years and then talk about helmets again. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what? What do we think? Like, what's the what's the what's the read? What's the cap? I don't think anyone any one of us would say like helmets should be mandatory. I think we can all agree that in principle, helmets are pretty good idea crickets i'd rather have better bike infrastructure like the article that you read joan um that really pointed out where he said uh i believe it was a he said helmet fixation is that is the thing thing. i mean it's not it's not helmets it's not whether you wear a helmet or not or whether you want or whether you should it's the point of helmet what the way that everybody's fixated helmet fixation i love that it was just like yeah exactly you know it's like oh did you wear your helmet i mean that's part of it you know it's not like, oh, did you use that protect, protected bikeway that they just built? You know, that'd be great if somebody said that. <laughs> they would have to build it first. <laughs> well, we use that Ooh. gold standard bikeway that they have. I don't know because it doesn't exist. Sometimes uh, we Americans can be very puritanical and very all or nothing about these sorts of things right so yeah i know and we tend to police police other people's behaviors right i uh um have never been a visibly pregnant woman walking around but i bet if i was and i had a glass of wine in my hand even if i wasn't drinking (laughs) it i am or something that looked like a beer or glass of wine in my hand right in a wine glass yeah i'm sure i would hear comments about that uh similarly you know with helmets um when we think something is safe we want other people to do it but you know one of the interesting ways that we've seen this play out lately uh in this country is about wearing masks but that feels a little different to me but but there are definitely people who uh have gotten really yeah i don't even know if this is such a delicate area but no hit it you know yeah if if i am walking my dog and not close to anyone else i don't outside i don't necessarily be i don't necessarily need to be wearing a mask right now uh but there are definitely people who are pretty unhappy to see anybody outside not wearing a mask during the pandemic and you know we'll make that known but on the other hand if i were inside a store and saw somebody 
not wearing a mask, I might say something. So I think what happens is that we all think that we know <laughs> and we want to enforce what we think we know is right. Uh, yeah, and, and if somebody's not wearing a helmet, they're probably not endangering me. But if somebody's not wearing a, a mask during the pandemic, maybe they are. But on the other hand, do they need to be wearing that mask when they're walking their dog in front of my house? It's Armando's just laughing at me. His, his mic is <laughs> off, this, but yeah. he's just laughing at me because he's like, keep painting yourself into that corner, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If you just keep painting, then, you know, you've, you've, your painting is done and you, you finish painting the room anyway. Yeah, I mean, so so there are places where people aren't wearing, you know, masks at all right now. Uh, and and I wonder if some of the people who aren't wearing masks are yelling at people to wear helmets on their bikes. <laughs> oh, most definitely. <laughs> to bring it back around. <laughs> Closing the loop. Yeah, somebody let us know. Let us know if you've been yelled at for not wearing your bicycle helmet by someone who was, you know not wearing a mask during the and pandemic let us know if you got yelled at for not wearing your helmet while wearing your mask <laughs> i just like to nip that one in the bud i just wear my mask on the top of my head and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a helmet your, your high vis mask right <laughs> exactly my high vis mask <laughs> integrated with your bicycle helmet <laughs> oh so actually, Brock did give us a good comment uh, to talk about okay. our ex-executive producer, which was the difference between, you know, what makes us what is safe and what makes us feel safe, right? Which is something we've been talking about, and those aren't necessarily the the same things. But high visibility clothing, yeah, that that, well, yeah. So high visibility clothing versus reflective clothing, right? Um, do you all have? I have one of those showers past jackets that's got that's got like a map a black on jackets? it yeah and i oh. and i won it at cranksgiving with you armando oh, yeah. and um and aaron I was so jealous i was so yeah jealous. i know that was the one i wanted to um and it is it's amazing like if you if a i don't that's, know what that material is but if a, so that's if, retro reflective retro reflective yeah right and and I think that's like on Ortlieb messenger bags, right? That's that same kind of material. And I know that when I've been in my car at night, it can be really hard to see folks on bikes, but the retro reflective stuff is even easier, I think, to see than uh, headlights and taillights sometimes. Other people were actually talking about bike lights and how they try to get the brightest lights possible. My concern about that is folks have to be really careful where they're angling it uh, when they do that. Because if you are blinding people in cars or people on bikes, then you are not achieving your goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've actually achieved the opposite of what you set out to do. Reflective is, is I mean, aesthetically, it can look very different too, of course, right? But... Uh, Retro reflective is is pretty different than high visibility, especially at at night. Yeah, and I I would go back to Beth Hammond's comment about you know if I have to look this like a like a Christmas tree on LSD, you know, then then what's the point really? Um, 
that said, I think we had a few comments where people said like, honestly, high vis in my, in my area has, has made me feel safer in, in which case, like I freaking go for it. You guys have reflectors on your bike? Just a I rear do. one. Oh, I have a, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but back in the early days, uh, 2012 or 2013, does anybody remember those ride safe reflectors? Like back when like reflectors you could stick on your bicycle were like all the craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come out in these like spaceships and dinosaurs and uh, <laughs> you know different patterns. I don't remember that. Uh, speaking of Kickstarters that funded, I totally <laughs> was on that train. Uh, and they're still on my bike. I've got like a little spaceship on my bike. They're fun. Uh, I don't know if they're any good, but they're there. And uh, yeah. I've got like a super, super high vis. I used to live with a fellow that worked for PDX Airport and he had a like fuel jacket uh, for one of the fuel crews. So I just call that my like, hmm, uh, like, you, you know, to Beth Hammond's comment, you know, if, if I'm going to get hit, uh, you know, in, in her case, it was unfortunate uh, that even after wearing all of this stuff, um, it didn't seem to have a fortunate or, or good outcome or resolution. Um, but sometimes when I'm like a little bit on the fence about things, uh, I'll wear that super, super high-vis airplane jacket. And I'm like, well, at least, you know, I, ge I guess it wouldn't matter. I guess they'd still say they didn't see me. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to let them have that one. I'm not going to let them have it. I'm going to wear that fucking reflective thing. And I, so be it. <laughs> I do remember uh, several years ago. Well, I was thinking about this because uh, I have, I think when I started bike commuting, I I had ridden my bike to and from like campus before when I was in school. But when I started bike commuting year round, uh, I was coming at it more from having been somebody who was a road biker where you have sort of cycling specific clothes because, you know, if you have a heavy raincoat, that's not necessarily what you want to wear on a long road ride, right? Like it just gets too warm. And so I think I still had this mindset of needing cycling specific clothing. So I got, you know, a, a nice bright, well, I didn't, I don't even know if I wanted a bright jacket. It was just that that's what the rain, the bike specific raincoats were. Um, and I don't, I mean, I still own it. I took a picture of it. Right. And use that for where, you know, but, but, uh, I don't, I don't wear high vis stuff anymore. So I have definitely, and a lot of people said this, they just wear their regular clothes. I have a, because now I don't want to get off my bike and, I mean, it's raining in Portland. I want a hood. My bike, my bike jacket doesn't have a, my high-vis bike jacket doesn't have a hood. So that doesn't make it a very convenient, just out piece of outerwear for me. Uh, so I do have my, my reflective one that I, that I won, but a lot of my clothes are just regular, regular clothes now. So, um, but I remember when I first started bike commuting, uh, there was a person who was just decked out. Uh, I was riding to work one day. There was a person who was decked out uh, in high-vis, like maybe even pants and a jacket. And they had tons, and this was during the day, they had tons of lights. I'm going to say they had like 
four or five taillights, lots of blinking lights. <laughs> they were definitely like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then we were at an intersection with a bunch of cars and they ran a red light. And I was thinking two things. First of all, well, everyone saw you do that. <laughs> you know, nobody was missing that. And also, you know, like maybe if you're going to be that visible, may, uh, you know, I mean, people always think, oh, you know, scofflaw cyclists because they tend to notice bikes breaking laws that they don't notice other people breaking. But, um, but also just in terms of safety, if you're so safety conscious that you're decked out in high visibility gear and lots of blinking lights, you know, why are you running red lights? I mean, maybe you're doing that. I don't know. I don't, does that actually make you safer or not? Maybe, maybe it's just a different calculation, but it's, it is interesting to see the different choices that people make. If that person is listening, please send an email to the sprocket podcast at gmail.com and let us know <laughs> what your, what your strategy was. <laughs> not, I mean, I'm not saying there's never a time to run a red light, but it was, you know, like mm. a daytime commute. It wasn't the lights were going to move <laughs> soon yeah. enough. There's like always a time. To run was that person margin? wearing a helmet? Like whatever. I'm sure <laughs> that they were wearing a helmet. <laughs> I'm sure that they were. I think that was where the source of some of the many lights that they had. Maybe a too small helmet. I've got to say, I don't know if this is a thing outside of Portland, but I've been noticing cycling around. Um, I'm I'm just kind of loving the level of scofflawism that I see around because, like, I don't know. We we talked. Gosh, I can't remember what episode it was, but, you know, we were talking about, like, people, like, walking in the roadway and how with COVID it makes it, like, a little bit more difficult to, like, keep proper spacing and such. And, like, I thought about it and I was like, you know, actually, I, I kind of love it that people are walking in the road because people who are driving need to, like, account for this much space as well. And so just the number of people that I've seen, like just jaywalking or just like cruising down the road or there's like a couple cyclists and just like there's there's it's like the roads are for people like what a concept uh i've been just loving it and i've loving loving seeing people like run red lights and just like be like oh fuck this shit you know like you're in a car <laughs> you gotta stop for this but i'm not so i'm gonna go <laughs> and like we're all gonna go so um i don't know i i felt like a certain way about it i think earlier this year and now i'm just like yes yes run all the lights <laughs> like fuck that shit streets are for people so obviously understanding that this is not an equally applied law but within that context um i'd rather see it than not in terms of vehicles versus uh pedestrians and cyclists and otherwise yeah so near where I live, there's a, uh, what is called the beg button at an intersection on Broadway. You know, you, you hit the button and then it'll like activate the, the signal for traffic to stop and you can walk through. Uh, and that's how I bike to work. And I'm there like 645 in the morning, so there's not a lot of traffic. Um, but oftentimes I'll hit the button before realizing like, oh yeah, no one's coming. So then I bike through and maybe like halfway down the block, I think, oh, wait, now that red light's going to like go off for nobody. 
and someone someone's gonna be driving up and they're gonna have to stop and they're gonna it's be so, so great wait you're telling me i so when i walk around town i just hit them yeah and, you know it's like <laughs> yeah i mean maybe maybe i need it so, maybe i don't traffic but, calming you, know, you see they just take so long i'll just be walking along and you just hit the button right like somebody's gonna use that and if not hey well they gotta stop so maybe you should be walking <laughs> I, I'm not anti-car. I'm just pro beg button hitting. <laughs> I'm a little anti-car. Do you call this traffic calming, Armando? Yeah, if tra we're gonna, traffic calming. If we're going to beg, then we might as well like demand as we beg. <laughs> we, we did have a few folks comment on. I enjoyed this one from uh, World's Worst Courier on uh, Instagram who said... Pants! Helmet good. Cascading Courier Collective. Ah, uh, okay. Good Helmet good, clothes, I don't know. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. And then uh, Brock said, uh, Hive is, is great for your bike, probably helpful in traffic too, but I don't like the look. And so, you know, we had plenty of folks basically saying, I don't, I don't want to wear that stuff. I don't want to wear stuff specifically for my bike that I don't like. And somebody else said, you know what? This stuff is expensive. Yeah. I mean, if if we want to get away from bike as a toy and more bike as a as a tool or bike as a as a just a, a means to an end, uh I think we kind of got to get away from the bike specific stuff. Uh not limited to high-vis clothing, but certainly that fits into that category. Although there can be some utility, one of our uh, our most avid fans, Anna, commented <laughs> that she has thought about Hive's gloves so that she can find them easier. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, she definitely need those gloves. Yeah, see, so you know, I don't know if anyone is listening who might be interested in getting her a pair, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh yeah that's totally a thing. I I had I you know, I had an old black phase just like Aaron, but what I found is that I just lost all of my things or like they were in the bottom of a pannier and I was like, "Hmm, I don't know what is happening." So, by having clothes that are different colors, you can distinguish them and it it makes it a little <laughs> bit easier to like pull your gloves out instead of like, "Oh, pulled the rain pants out again." Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say I've not <laughs> lost stuff in the bottom of my panniers. Wait, these aren't pants. This is a shirt. <laughs> I'm not going to say I've maybe packed too many <laughs> shirts and not enough pants. Oh, that's where that pirate flag went. <laughs> Shit, I've been looking for that. Just a couple more comments I want to share. This is back to the helmets one, but... um. This is about getting scolded for not wearing helmets. And somebody said, a driver yelling at me about a helmet rammed the back of a cop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and then and then they commented uh, no lesson. Many levels of happiness. That was yeah. And then somebody else, let's see, gotta go fast. Fahad said somebody intentionally Fahad. hit me because I had my helmet off. Oh, the irony. Oh. I, you know, I usually wear my helmet sometimes i don't in town or not in town in my neighborhood like if i'm just going 
a mile or two away, or sometimes if I'm on, you know, very large group rides and very large crowds. But I feel like after some of the stuff I was reading through today, I mean, and I've had a couple uh, bike crashes where I was wearing a helmet and I, and I hit my head. Um, but those, that was on a faster road bike or actually one time I hit railroad tracks. That was really scary. Um, I think I'm probably more inclined to be wearing my helmet after some of the stuff I was looking at today, even though I do think I would much rather be wearing good bicycle infrastructure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I do find interesting is, and maybe it's because of the way, Joan, that you you phrased the question, so good job. But uh, none of the answers seem to be terribly prescriptive or, uh, or dogmatic about things which good on good on all you thank you writers who wrote in yes if we judge we do so silently (laughs) except for that person who ran the red light with all the stuff and i take your point guthrie i take your point but it was just (laughs) i think i was me i I think it was you Why do you think I have the high vis stuff? Live, live dangerously. We, you've been waiting. I've been waiting all these years to confront you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know that's why it's radio. We can just have our judgy faces, but you can't see us. Well, I guess we can see each other, but we won't. We won't. You know, you there. could. Yeah. I mean, you could. One thing folks can do. It, um, I have thought about doing this, I'm not sure I've actually done it, is, um, you know, you could put on the stuff that think you think makes you visible and ask someone you trust to ram you with their car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's not the direction I was going to go. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, or like ask somebody to walk your bike down the end of the street and then see if you can see them. Cause I do think that we overestimate lights, you know, how visible light, uh, we talked about this this winter. I, I always get worried about side visibility too. So reflective spoke things might be good. So getting something reflective on the side of your bike or, or lights somehow. But I, I think, um, you know, at night, uh, making sure you have some reflective stuff is really good. But, you know, if people aren't looking at the road, it doesn't even matter what you're wearing, right? If people are bad drivers um, and not something that uh, someone had commented, I don't remember who it was, uh, but I would say this as far as like safety in the realm of safety, like the best advice is just uh, someone had commented, and he didn't he didn't even say like this was advice, but just something that he does, and that was like trying to think like two or three steps ahead um yeah i would say the best the best offense is a good defense so to speak or the best defense is a good defense maybe uh i have avoided many a crash just by being the one who paid more attention than the other person I, there are a couple intersections where I am always sure that somebody's going to right hook me. 
yeah. where where even though I have the right of way, I slow down depending on where a car is because uh, I because I don't I don't think that they're paying attention, especially, you know, even if they're not signaling to turn where I where I know like yeah. a lot of cars turn right here. They're not signaling. They're not even thinking about the fact that I'm back here. So, yeah. So sort of that defensive bicycling is presume every driver is bad and they don't see you and then stay home. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the safest way to ride your bike is not at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, that's, I think, really drives home the editorial stance of the Sprocket podcast. Brought to you by the Bubble Corporation. Need a bubble for your life? The Bubble Corporation. We're going to, maybe we can get Peloton to sponsor us. <laughs> uh, we can't afford direction. them sponsoring us. <laughs> no, Guthrie, that's the wrong Isn't attitude. Isn't that how Peloton they can't afford work. We us. pay them to sponsor no. us. <laughs> no. They I'll entertain any offers to uh I don't know. no no we'll, we'll do you wear any offers we just may not take any do you wear your helmet on your exercise bike on your yes. you know yes. <laughs> wait is there is this a debate <laughs> what if you fall it's a off? vibe what are you gonna it's, do? you're gonna feel real vibe. silly if you're not wearing your <laughs> like helmet that. I'll tell you that it's a vibe yeah, and actually we did um oh gosh, I'm going to I'm going to share one other piece. Um Ben Schonberger uh shared a a piece with us by Howie Chong uh why it makes sense to bike without a helmet and that's from 2014. Um and I don't want to summarize this, but basically there are are people Showing what we were talking about earlier, that uh, sometimes people treat you differently if you're not wearing helmet. Yeah, this see, this is all complicated. Um, anyway, I don't want to try to summarize this now because I'm I'm trying to look at it. It's pretty long, but basically, there are people who argue that wearing a helmet can increase your chance of getting injured in the first place. And I don't know how to summarize it. It's very complicated, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that's the article. Oh, sorry. I think that's the article that uh, that basically, if drivers see you without a helmet, they tend to be more careful driving around you. Is this what we teased at the beginning of the show? I don't Did remember not that far back. Yes, that was super <laughs> smart of us. <laughs> yes, look at us, all professional like. Well, and then of course there's the other thing of uh, you know helmet bike helmets discourage cycling right there's some study there are studies maybe there are studies that supersede this but an australian study on mandatory helmet laws concluded that laws that required cyclists to wear protection actually decrease the number of cyclists on the road and then i think that we all have experienced that the fewer folks there are on bikes the more dangerous it is because cars aren't looking out for you and maybe there's even in the long term more likely to be infrastructure so yeah uh we, we need more folks biking and then we'll all be safer and maybe we don't need to wear helmets. Then, yeah. Then <laughs> Again, not. helmet will be superfluous. And then there are plenty of folks who say, you know, if you, if, if, if you think uh, you should wear a helmet all the time, then wear one in your car too. But I do. <laughs> <He does. laughs> 
Guthrie's trying to make a, a rule that we all have to wear helmets while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting I mean, is dangerous. So I'm, I've been trying to find it this whole episode. Uh, <laughs> back in college, I got a perfect attendance award for political science. And the dean of the university, there's a photo of me shaking his hand with my helmet on because nice. I was wearing it during class. <laughs> <laughs> see if i can scratch it up after the show <laughs> nice well we don't have an hour and 35 minute podcast to edit but you know what we do have uh i don't i don't think we have mail we don't have anything oh, okay well but i guess don't. we then just only have an hour and 35 <laughs> minute podcast to edit what are you gonna say we had <laughs> We we did we had we have mail and we I'm discussed are is are we in a time loop? Are we... I'm feeling I'm feeling what was the what did you call say that I was doing? Oh yeah. I, I was feeling something punchy. I can't remember. Punchy, yeah. Punchy punchy. Punchy. I'm what guess what? I'm feeling punchy again. <laughs> I've had some punch. <laughs> the Sprocket Podcast is produced at home. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or, call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter or Instagram at sprocketpodcast. And Jay Lane for our theme music. Hurt Bird for our headlines sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Cameron Lean. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith. Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Culey, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Drew the Welder. Anna, who has bright gloves maybe, Andre <laughs> Johnson, Richard G. Guthrie Straw. We were like sons and founder of the Regranary. Campsite. Mac Nurse David. Jeremy Kitchen. David Belay. Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel. E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell. Thomas Skato. Keith Hutchison. Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson. Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg. David Moore. Todd Grosbeck. And I get. All three Chris Barons. <laughs> Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite. Keep it up, bike vids. Dude Luna. Hey, that's me. Emma Rooks. Philip M. Spartan Dale. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative Keewinaw. And Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond, thanks for writing, Beth. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M., Byron Patterson, Kristen Graham. Aaron G., Rachel Moline, and Jimmy Diesel. And thanks to all of our former supporters who helped us along the way. Now wear your helmet if you want. Wear your high-vis clothing if you want. Wear your retro reflectors. <laughs> but go to bed, whether you want to or not. 
thanks everybody <laughs> for Bless hanging in there. 